Welcome back to the SEM podcast. Jack, Bryce, and Zach Hewlett are here again. And today we're joined by Preston Kelly. How are you doing, Preston? I am great. And where are you calling from tonight? I am in Wendell, Idaho. All right. Twin Falls Wendell. area. Twin Falls area. Nice. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Well, Preston, we start out with you know how you got your call, if there's anything that went along with that. Uh, and then we want to know what you've been up to since you got home, and then we'll go back and reminisce. So start us off with how you ended up in Scotland. Okay. Well, I've been thinking about how I want to tell this story. Um, I guess it's it's important to start off with I come from an incredibly long line of pioneers. Uh, from the very beginning of the church, they've been involved, and they came across the plains with Brigham, and and then they all quit going to church and became less active. And then for some reason, my dad uh, got challenged by a seminary teacher to to go to seminary. Got him going to church again. So um, it's a it's kind of a cool deal. I was a missionary. He went on a mission. Um, so mission was always in my future. Uh, my brothers, I have got two brothers that are older than me and one that's younger. And, and I had some brothers and I said, you know, honestly, um, I've served with guys that didn't want to go. They went because their parents expected them to, or whatever the story is. Uh, that's why you're going don't because it's awful to serve with those guys. So I was like, well, I don't really want to go. So I got out of high school and I moved over to Pocatello and I promptly stopped going to church. Uh, didn't go for two or three months. And one morning, I was, I'm sitting there, um, Sunday morning, sitting there eating cereal, playing video games. And uh, just like, something's wrong. Like, so, I don't know what it is, but something in my life is not okay. So, I was living with a friend that I went to high school with at the time. And so we, uh, I got my church clothes on and I went to church and I've been going under since. And I turned in mission papers and, and, and went on a mission. Um, got the mission call. I, uh, I don't speak Scottish, so I couldn't pronounce it either. <laughs> Just like everybody else. If anybody lies and tells you they could pronounce Edinburgh, they're lying. That's yeah. all there is to it. <laughs> So I couldn't pronounce it. Neither could anybody else in my family. Uh, unbeknownst to me, my mom starts doing research while on on Scotland, my family history. Um, and she put this pack there of my family history that's in, in involved with Scotland. Um, I'll just my first area. I'm just going to skip to this one real quick. My first area was Paisley. And I walk in the door of the Paisley Chapel on the first Sunday in the mission, in the actual mission, and uh, there's this face, and it looks just like my grandpa. And it turns out it's his grandpa. Samuel Mulliner, one of the first missionaries in Scotland, is my great, 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 whatever, something. For, I'm like, wow, that's cool. That so is anyway, cool. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, that's how I ended up where I ended up. And when, when did you, when, what was the timing of this? Like month, year? Um, I left the, I left for the MTC on 4th of July in 2006. 2006. Okay. Thanks. So, 
Very good. Well, tell us what you've been up to since you got home then a couple years ago. Okay. So uh, I got home from the mission and I started started a job working with the same buddy that I proceeded to go less active with several years earlier. He he also decided to go on a mission. We served together at the same time. We got home about the same time within a few weeks of each other. Um, and we started, I started working and I had another, an older guy. I was, I was an active boy scout growing up. So I had this older guy that, that I knew. And he says, he called me up one day. He says, Hey, I hear you looking for work. I said, well, yeah. He says, well, you want to be an electrician? I said, sure. If you're going to pay me, I'll come. So I moved to Rexburg and started being an electrician. Um, nice. Couple, couple months into working there. I was living with my aunt in Idaho Falls. And a couple months into working there, I decided it was that's I bought a pickup and it was a 97 F250. And the dang thing is a diesel, four and a half dollars a gallon at the time in 2008, if you'll recall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I couldn't afford to drive this sucker. So my cousin, or not my cousin, my other friend that went on a mission about the same me had also gotten home and he was going to school in BYU, Idaho. So I, we broke all the rules and I catch about four nights a week. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere to stay. Um, so he had this really cute cousin and uh, we, we started, started seeing each other and started hanging out and spending a lot of time together. And I'm not sure my buddy really appreciated this, but that's his problem because he introduced us and uh <laughs> Within about six months, well, I got married on January 10th, the the six months after I got home from the mission. Uh, nice. Yeah. So I also got home and decided to become an electrician, which is a construction job, just as the world died. Um, every every uh, construction job dried up and quit. Uh, so here I am trying to get through an electrical apprenticeship when there's no work in that side of the state. So here I, I, I'm working and, and, and uh, we, we bought a house and, and we had a kid and then I, we realized we weren't making a living. So we ended up moving to, to Southern, Southern Idaho. Um, we've been here ever since. I've got four, four children. The oldest is 12. Uh, she's a daughter, Katana. I got, I got Axel Holden is 10. He's my son. I got Mace McKay, who's eight. And I got Zara, who's four. So nice. And that's, I've been an really electrician cool. ever since. I finally made it through the process. It took a little longer because, you know, the world died, like I said. So yeah. it all worked out. Stick, good for you for sticking through that. My goodness. Yeah, I'm sure it's it been was, great for you since then. It was a long then. process. It's been, it's been a pretty good job. I, I don't have too much to complain about too often. Great. So. Love that. Nice, man. That's very good. All right. Well, let's go back then, uh, July 2006, and you can talk about the MTC. And we'll just roll through areas, mission, companions, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, so July 2006, I get on a plane on the 4th of July, never been on a plane before. I fly across the country and get to, the... where did I go? I got on the plane, Idle Falls, went to Salt Lake, picked up a whole bunch of people, 
that I didn't know, but they were obviously with me because they had black name tags on. We flew to the, <laughs> the biggest airport I've ever been imagined in my life. I'm okay. Just for more Idaho, the town I grew up in has 300 people. Not 3,000, not 30,000, 300 people. It's literally like two streets wide and four streets long. So put this your is not a town. Okay, could have put my whole town on the plane. So I'm not a people person. I'm not a lot of people person. I do pretty well in small groups, but I don't do well with lots of people. Never have, never, never really will. So here I am surrounded by thousands and thousands of people in uh, Georgia. What's the airport in Georgia? Atlanta. What What a zoo. My goodness. We finally get on the plane. We get, we get get there we're looking out the windows because that's what you do you're a country bumpkin on a plane and it's kind of a cool view and it's the, it's the longest flight ever ever I, i've never been on one uh, landed we're all exhausted in, in manchester or wherever it was we landed they pick us up put us on a and and we are we are a huge group of missionaries there was 15 of us that came to scotland in our mtc group um it was it was a lot so I was companioned with Brett McCullers, who I haven't heard or anything anything of since the mission. So I don't know what he's up to, but he was he's all right. Um, got through got through the MTC, and they. So I, I keep hearing all you guys talk about getting on a. Is it a train? You rode the train up. We they put us yep. on a van. Put us on a bus and oh, Ryan no. Ryan Money is in our MTC group. I, I, you've all heard <laughs> stories of, of money. Yeah. And we, we stopped for a bathroom break and it's this big stink of toilets. You know, the big like a whole wall of and this son of a gun pulls out his camera and starts taking pictures of the pisser. <laughs> Dude, you can't do that. It's a bathroom. You can't have a camera in here. We almost got ourselves arrested. <laughs> Not it wasn't that bad, but man, it, I was, I'm like, dude, no, you, you cannot take pictures of the bathroom. So we finally get up there, and then I keep hearing stories about this bed and breakfast that everybody goes to. We didn't get that either. We slept on the floor of the mission home office. We didn't even get the nice end of the mission home. We got the office. It was very uncomfortable. Um, and then they did the whole Pratt's Hill joy, goodness, all that, and I got companioned with, uh, and I love him dearly, but the nerdiest person I've ever known in my life, Michael Chambers. And and he's a stud. I, I like the guy, but he is an absolute, complete and utter nerd. And he should take pride in that. And uh, we go to Paisley, which is a crash heap. Honestly, most of the cities in Scotland are kind of not the nicest places, is what I learned. Um, and, and and Chambers, he's a good egg, and 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 he we worked we like I said I we went to church that first week, and, and that same that same week, fella, his name was David Burns. He was a less active, recently reactivated with a non-member wife, and and he's there in church, and he starts talking to me. And to this day, I have no idea what he said. <laughs> and I smiled and I nodded and I agreed. And I, yeah, that sounds great. Not a clue. 
I think he was trying to get me to go on a haggis hunt. <laughs> that would sound That's about all right. I know. New missionary. That, so, so you know, there, there you go. I don't speak Scottish. I learned. I, I now can understand it. I still don't speak it. I don't have any sort of accent. I do use some weird words every once in a while. And people are like, what are you saying? But for the most part, I'm, I'm very, very Idahoan. Um, so I was companioned with, with Michael Chambers for, I think, three months. I don't remember, and I didn't keep a journal. And I don't have many notes. All I have is a list of the companions I had, and hopefully I can remember a few stories based on that list. I love it. So I had him, and we knocked doors because this is before Fredericks because we came in the mission the same time as Fredericks. I consider them part of my group. So there was actually 17 with them. They were here a couple weeks before us, but that's okay. Um, we got started knocking doors and we knocked doors all day and it was summer and it was, it wasn't that hot, but it's humid. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a desert dweller. I've never dealt with humidity a day in my life. Um, I'm sweating my butt off and we're supposed to wear suits. I'm like, no, dude, this is not happening. I'm not wearing a suit. I carried it over my shoulder the whole Anytime somebody expected me to wear it, I had it over my shoulder. Uh, and we ended up knocking a door into this old older lady. And she had, her husband didn't have any legs. And I think he was missing about three quarters of his fingers. And he was a member. Long, less active. And so we started teaching her. And it turns out that she was a member once too. And then not only was she a member once, but she was a member once before that too. So she was working on her third baptism. And I wow. do believe that she eventually did get baptized, but <laughs> like, wow, that's awesome. Like not, not once, but thrice you're, you're doing good. I guess as long as you keep coming back, that's, that's okay. Um, so we, I, I, I had some time with him. And then I got McKay Lynch was my second companion. And at the same time, they split the Paisley area in half and sent out Dave Harrison and my cocky little fella. Remember his name? He was very cocky and I almost punched him. In fact, I didn't punch him. I hit the wall instead and I put a hole the size of my hand, which is not insignificant, in the wall instead of in his head. And then we had to fix it. Uh, what was his name? It was the one of his cousin. His cousin was Ray. Chad Wilcoxon. Wilcoxon. I did not like him. He didn't like me either. It's okay. We're not, not making any roads there. Um, so I spent six weeks. I don't, I don't remember. And, and then I got sent to Dal Keith with uh, Nick Drennan. Nice. Um, Nick was one of the coolest people I'll, I've ever known. I, I really enjoyed serving with him the short period of time I got to serve with him, but he was unwell. Uh, he had Crohn's disease and the stress of the mission was killing him. Um, man, I believe I read the book of Mormon more in that companionship than I have since or before. Um, because because we sat in the apartment for three or four weeks 
because oh, wow. and we'd, he, if, if he had the energy, we'd get up and we'd go out for a little while, but he didn't have it. He couldn't do it. And he was in and out of doctor's appointments and all that stuff. Um, unfortunately, because of his health problems, he ended up going home. Uh, he was also one of my MTC group. So it was okay. kind of sad to see him go home, but uh, it was for the best for him. Um, he went home and I got David Harrison, who he's, he's just a cute little fella. He's a golfer. He loved to golf. It's the first time I've ever been golfing. He drugged me out on a P day to take me golfing. Um, and, <laughs> and, and there's not a lot to be said. We worked and we visited families and this is about the time that we started that we we stopped knocking doors all the time and started trying to do member missionary work. Um, it wasn't overly effective. And I, I don't know if it's cause I did it wrong or, uh, or what, what the deal was, but, um, I had a rough mission. I, I, uh, never had the opportunity to have a baptism. My first baptism was when my daughter got baptized a couple years ago. So me too. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine with me because uh, the only the only person that really mattered to me in my mission, it turns out in the end, I mean, I didn't know this at the time, was me. Um, I am my own convert. Uh, I went, I, I didn't, hopefully I had an effect on somebody throughout my mission, but uh, I went for me. And, and I struggled the whole time. Uh, I, I'm not the most obedient person. I don't do well with authority. Um, so there's, there's that, uh, this is also about the, the time where that I, hammer time started and, uh, I butted heads pretty hard with every zone leader and every district leader and every AP I ever had. So it, it wasn't, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Not an uncommon tale, really. No, no, not at it's all. not. But I'll tell you one thing I've noticed throughout listening to this podcast is the I've only heard a couple of people that really butted heads hard that I knew were butting heads about the whole hammer time thing. I've only heard a couple of them come on this podcast because I think a lot of them had really bad experiences with it. And they're like upset or something. It's been 15 years. I'm I'm not upset. I, I know you guys have had McConkey and Martin on, and I wouldn't say hi to them if I saw them on the street. So just <laughs> sorry, guys. You're, you're, we're not friends. It's okay. We don't it's have so to be. Okay. I love okay. you anyway. I love you anyway. But so uh, then I got moved to Gala Shields. Um, and because of hammer time, we had a huge area in the bottom half of the country and our numbers sucked because we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no teaching pool to be heard of. There's barely a ward to work with. Uh, so our numbers sucked. So we lost our car. So our numbers sucked. So, so our numbers but we had a good time. It's a beautiful with, area. Yeah. It's a gorgeous area. We, uh, rode the bus a lot because, and it cost a fortune to ride the bus there because there's no, like there, there's, it's not a big enough city to have a bus service. So 
uh, we spent a lot of time on the bus and we spent a lot of time trying to get to members' houses and none of it really worked very well. I was with, uh, what's his name? Hold on. Dismiss. I was with Alan Walker and he had like four other names, but I don't know him. He was like Alan, Jonathan, Frederick, Johnson, Walker, the third. And he was from, and he couldn't pronounce the, the he said Fing. So he, what town was that? In England. Redding? Huh? Reading? I don't know. He said Fing instead of drug me nuts. <laughs> but, and, and again, we didn't really uh, get a lot of, of work done there. We didn't accomplish much. We did as many service projects as the members had let us do, and we spent as much time in the members' homes as they'd let us, as we could possibly spend, not being able to travel very well. I do remember just before they took our car away, we were headed to a dinner appointment with, and I don't remember the family, but there was this cute little bird stood about yay high in the middle of the road. And I think it had decided its life was over because it just stood there and I ran over it. And, and Walker was livid at me. He's like, I can't believe you ran over that little bird. And I was like, what am I going to do? Swerve and hit the car next to it instead? Like, bird's dead, bro. So I killed the bird. And, and he was mad at me for hours over killing that cute, cute little bird. It didn't get its tail feathers flipped up in the rear view mirror behind me. I was like, that's awesome. And he's like, you're disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a country boy. <laughs> anyway, oh, so from there, I went to Bridge of Dawn, which was in Aberdeen. And that that is probably the area that was best for me in my whole mission. Uh, we were opening a new area in Bridgedon. It was like Bridgedon 2 or Bridgedon 3 or I don't know. At this time in the mission, we were shoving as many missionaries into the big wards as we could. Um, and they didn't have an apartment for us yet. So we ended up stuck in the zone leader's apartment with, and I believe it was Ren Hardy and Brady Cassidy. And I was companioned with Chad Nielsen, who was, I think, on his second or maybe third transfer. Uh and and those two zone leaders are the only ones I ever really got along with uh, because they were, well, they were Ren Hardy <laughs> yep. and, and Brady Cassidy. And if you know the guys, <laughs> they were down Hardcore there. Hardy. And Hardcore they, Hardy. And, you know, and they were, and they expected you to work. And then when work was over, they expect you to screw around as hard as you could. I mean, and. Yes, and, indeed. And we wrestled and bounced heads off of floors. I'm pretty sure I got a concussion in that apartment on the hardwood <laughs> floor. Hardy slammed my head into the ground so hard that I saw stars for a minute. I don't know about the concussion, but I did see stars. Um, and again, like I said, I, I had a hard time with the with the mission leadership, and and so I was I was mildly rebellious. And, and there's a rule in the white handbook that says you're not supposed to wear a necklace. And, and for my whole life, I'd wore a necklace and it, it was a grommet off of a flag that we'd retired when I was in the Boy Scouts. And so it had some sentimental. So I put it back on because I was feeling, I don't care what you say. I'm not listening to you anymore. Well, um, that transfer, uh, my companion, 
what was his name, Nielsen, we decided we, neither one of us really had a testimony. Neither one of us really knew what we were doing here. Neither one of us really knew. Um, and I don't know if he was just lying to me. It doesn't matter because that's a moment in my life I'll always remember. That was a really good moment for me. Um, we knelt down. We like side of the road on the beach. I don't know where we were. We found a quiet spot in the middle of Aberdeen, and and we said a prayer together. And it it's it's one of the things that I think keeps me keeps me going to to this day is is that we decided we were going to find out because uh, I mean I've been raised in it. I know it all, but do I know it all? And so that's what we did. And then Hardy, he sat me down one night, and instead of being an a-hole, which is a good way to put it, he was just honest and straightforward with me. I think it's probably the calmest he's ever been in his life is when he sat down with me and talked to me about this stupid necklace that I'd been wearing. And he instead of being a jerk, he, he was just like, well, I mean, it's a rule. You should obey the rule. And he, he said, you know, if you if you obey this one rule, if you take that necklace off and you never put it back on, and I I don't wear it still, it's gone, um, you'll be blessed for obeying that rule. I don't wear any sort of jewelry. I don't even wear my wedding ring. Um, and it's not because of that. I don't not wear a wedding ring because of Hardy. I don't wear it because I'm an electrician. That's a bad idea. Uh, yeah, but I okay. don't wear a necklace and, and I don't know if I'm being blessed for it, but what if I am, I'm going to just go on a, out on a limb and say that, that it's a good thing for me. Um, and that I'm, that I'm being blessed. Uh, I don't know if he even remembers serving around me I, I, and I don't care because he, him and my companion probably saved my saved me that transfer. Um, it was, it was a really good, really good deal for me. Uh, so, but, and then we went and did, we went and did jello shots at that Chinese restaurant. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. And it's Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Chung's Jimmy Chung's. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Hardy showed me how to do jello shots. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, oh he just, God. I pounded them. So on the way into Jimmy Chung's, my Chad, he's, we walking in and this dude with it. I mean, I think he had a second head down here, big old goiter on the, on his neck. And he was, oh, Chad was opening the door and he looked up and saw that guy. And it was not like he meant to do it, but he's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always remember that. <laughs> We're like, dude, take your name tag off. You can't be a missionary right now. <laughs> That was a jerk thing to do. It was hilarious. It was funny. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> anyway, so Wilson uh, uh, moved on. I got I got a new companion, Ryan Tench. Um, he uh, he got sent home early for for some things that shouldn't have happened, and and uh, that was not an optimal deal. I wish him the best in life. I haven't really heard from him since, but that's okay. Uh, and I got Alan Slater and then spent another couple of weeks there. Um, and then went to Glasgow. Uh, I don't remember the ward. It was the really trashy one that met in the, not a church. Springboy. Yeah. 
with Mrs. M. Sister M. Sister M, yeah. That's that's when I was I I think I used her phone to call home for Mother's Day. Uh I served with my phone keeps turning off. It's really annoying me. <laughs> I served with Matt Carpenter and I killed him, sent him home. And and we again didn't have a teaching pool. I honestly don't remember having a teaching pool at any point in the two years of my mission. Even when I was working as hard as I could work, it just never worked out. Uh, we we knocked a lot of doors and we tried working with less actives. Um, the only real success I ever had was we got a couple of less active people to come back to church. One was in Dalkeith. I don't remember her name. Sweeter, old, older gal. Her husband was a non-member bus driver. It, it was it was good. And that's the success I was able to have. So with with Carpenter, we were in the third story flat and, and we worked and nothing happened. And we worked some more and nothing happened. And we worked some more and, and we argued with some leaders and it was fun. Uh, then I, and he went home and I got and I don't know his first name, but Davidson was his last name. And this kid. I swear to you. There were days that he would say less than a hundred words in a day. From from the time our alarm went off at six thirty in the morning, the time we went to bed at night, there was less than a hundred words, and at least fifty of them on on an average day was him getting after me for not talking to enough people on the street. <laughs> Is it, right. is it Derek Davidson? Probably. Logan, Utah? Uh, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I know it was Davidson. That's all I can recall. We did not get along. It's okay. Yeah, he, he'd get after me, spend 50 of his 100 words every day yelling at me for not doing my missionary work very good. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't talk to enough people. Let's talk to more people. Why don't, why don't you try it? Anyway. <laughs> uh, so uh, I went to Johnston, which was is just next to Paisley, and served with Colin Brophy. And and again, we got out and we worked, and, and we didn't get anything accomplished. And that was that was my mission, and I went home. Uh when you're in Johnston, it, did you stay in the flat with the yes above the above? Oh, I don't know. We stayed in the flat that was above that shop with the with the and windows it, and upstairs. It had, a, it had like a loft, like a lofted bedroom yeah. area, right? Yeah, same flat. That's the flat I first got introduced to Samoans in. Okay, nice. Um, so I was first introduced to Samoans in that flat by by Maro Dottavio. He was our distributor. Maro, that's amazing. Yeah. Maro, come on the podcast. Yeah, it would be good to hear from him. Uh, he had served in Paisley, so he was always really interested in what we were doing, way way more than he was with anybody else in our district because that was his former area. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, my kids wanted me to tell you a story. I learned that I was lactose intolerant on a mission. Oh, boy. <laughs> My my children's favorite mission story for me 
is we went to it was at Brother King, the guy in in Aberdeen who owned the the, the guilt shop, yeah, guilt shop. So we went to dinner with him, and and um, they put cream on everything. Was, I don't know why. I don't know why you put cream on everything like they did, but they put cream on everything, and I didn't know that I was lactose intolerant because I'd never eaten cream before. Uh, maybe some ice cream <laughs> here and there, but we we were not wealthy farm people in a very small town. We we didn't get all this cream stuff, so. Uh, here, uh, here, it's a late dinner appointment. I think it started at seven. So we were getting out about eight o'clock and we'd missed the bus. But the next bus was only 15 minutes away. And all of a sudden I start. And I got to get back to the zone leaders apartment. And I'm just a burbling. And I'm like, okay, so if I go back to their house and ask you, I can't really do that. I can't go back to the house and use their bathroom because that would be. <laughs> So, you know, that was like, they told us that's not okay. Don't, don't use, don't use their bathrooms if you can help it. <laughs> so here I am sitting at the bus stop and finally the bus, which is 20 minutes late, gets here and we get on the bus and I'm just stewing. And I didn't realize this, but I was doing more than stewing because I was leaking. And I, we finally get off the bus, and I start walking, and it's it's running down both legs. Oh and I get back to the apartment, and I break open the door, and and Hardy and and Cassidy are there already because we were a little late getting back, and 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 Nielsen's right behind me, and I straight into the bathroom, and I sit down, and I do my business, and I get I'm embarrassed, and I there's everywhere it's in my pants and it's in my underwear and it's all over the place so here i am like trying to be sneaky and i don't know if they knew but they didn't let on at the time but uh i get into the bedroom we were staying in and and i've got this plastic bag and i'm rolling up my pants and stuffing them in this bag until laundry day and my underwear with them and everything and hardy goes to the bathroom and he says and i believe this is a direct quote but Kelly, there's shit everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm not. I was in a hurry. Maybe it just started coming out as I was sitting. I never. He's like, maybe you should just shower, man. I think he knew, but he was letting me off easy, like he didn't. So I had to clean the whole bathroom, and I showered, and I got. And, and I never spoke of it again until I got my kids wanted a funny story from the mission and I told them. So now I have to share it. I full on, not a little bit, full on crapped my pants in Aberdeen on the bus. And I think I left a brown mark on the bus seat, which is really <laughs> gross. So. Oh, my word. That's uh, a great story. It's not a great flattering. Story. Not, not necessarily a flattering story, but it's honest. So. I appreciate that. <laughs> they they oh, wanted man. me to tell that story, so I did. Now they can. There, there you go, kids. It's on there forever. <laughs> Archive. <laughs> it's it's I'm oh, amazed. So oh, man. Uh, so Preston, I, tell us a little bit more about uh, any memories you have of President and Sister Frederick while you were there on the mission. Well, again, I, uh, 
never see saw eye to eye with the mission leadership. So my my opportunities to see them were always a little bit tinged by having to deal with the other people. But the one thing I'll always remember about him is President Frederick would just sit and he'd listen to you. He he didn't he wasn't judgy. Uh, our, our mission kind of was at the time, and and uh, but he was he was there. He was there for us. Uh, he was always concerned about us. He always cared. He he loved us. Uh, it, it it was important to him that we know that he cared and he made that apparent. But like I said, my, my interactions were, were minimal. I was never really in the Edinburgh area. So I, I didn't know him that well. There's nothing wrong with that. I can tell you from my own experience, having right. never served in Edinburgh, you know, I was in Dalkeith and that was the closest I ever got to Edinburgh. There was, there was one. So so this is something that I have, that I've learned, that I learned on the mission. Um, with uh, with all this ridiculous direct obedience, and you need to, I learned that God gave us brains, he, he, right here, in our heads, and and He gave us wisdom to make decisions, and He expects us to use those brains. Um, which is something I, I always struck. That's one of the reasons I always struggled is so it was, it was one night in Dal Keith. We got a call from the zone leaders. Um, and they wanted, they said, if you fill the font, you will get a baptism. I said, okay. So I, I don't have, we, in this area, we don't have anybody who's eligible to be baptized. Um, and I understand the whole idea of fill the font, let's have faith, but but our time would be better served by going out and, and working with the people. I I believe that we are meant to use our heads, not 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 just follow blindly. Um, uh, and I'm not saying that we should question everything necessarily, but we should question everything. I, what I tell my kids is um, if if I tell them to do something, they're allowed to ask why while they're doing as they're told. Um, unless it's just unless it's just absolutely like I can't do this, Dad. It's 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 not possible. It won't work. And you could talk to me, um, but for the most part, so that's that's the uh, you know if if we've got questions, we need to we need to think it out in our minds and, and, and work it out and, and figure out the best way to do things and, and then go about doing it. And, and it's, uh, I, like I said, I, I butted heads the whole time and um, I probably didn't go about it correctly. Uh, like I say, I'm a small town, redneck, hillbilly, whatever you want to call me, I'm good with it all. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm combative, combative as all get out. And I'm happy to, I'm happy to crack heads so I, I did, and I fought, and I, again, I was probably, but uh, you use your heads. That That's what I learned. That's one of the biggest lessons of my mission is that we're supposed to use our heads. We're supposed to act in faith, um, and that's that's something I, I carry to this day. I got asked to speak in church, and they 
I don't remember what the topic was, but I, I ended up going with Nephi and I was like, well, Nephi uh, got told to go do this. He didn't just walk up and say, okay, God, now what? He said, okay, well, let's go talk to him. And then when that didn't work, Nephi said, okay, well, let's go get our money. And then when that didn't work, he said, okay, I am clueless. Help me. I don't know what to do. And I firmly believe that the steps that he went through before are what made the the last attempt possible because, because Laban wouldn't have been drunk if he hadn't gotten a whole bunch of extra treasure from, from Nephi and his brothers. That's, that's the way I see that story. The only way it worked is because he tried things and he used his head and used his knowledge. So. Like um, that. And the key that, point to that too, Preston is the fact that he didn't succeed the first time. No, he failed miserably. And then he got yep. all, he got robbed. Hey, let's go get robbed. That's, this is going to, this is going to do it for us. But it did. Yeah. And we have no idea, but we need to, we need to use our heads. And, and you know what? Maybe had I filled that font, somebody would have showed up and said, baptize me. I don't know how we'd have baptized them because there were rules in the mission at the time. You had to go to church so many times and just that and the other, but maybe. Maybe it would have happened. And I didn't have the faith or I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. So I didn't do it. <laughs> I'd be the second person with you to say, no, thanks. That's a waste yeah, I'm not, of water. I'm not, it's, a, it's a waste of water. It's a waste of time. I think the water's metered there. I mean, it's not like it's free to fill that stupid tub. It's a nope. tub. It yep. takes hours to fill. Right. So, exactly. And I... That sort of thing. Well, and I don't know if you knew uh, Roy Peckham on the mission. The, but... uh, a little bit. <laughs> Glasgow time, Glasgow period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Roy was on our podcast a couple weeks back. And if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. Because we, we talked to him about Hammer Time. And it was quite an interesting, enlightening thing for yeah. him to share what his perspective was. Yeah. In the moment, it was this. And in hindsight, it was that. So right. that's my recommendation to you, Preston, is to listen to that one. I think uh, I, I've listened to all those guys, and I've been like, "Are you kidding me?" Some of them, some of them think that they still are doing the right thing. Some of them are like, "Yeah, we were probably a little stupid," and I'm like, "Yeah, you, you were really stupid." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, the other thing is that we all try our best, and and I I hold no malice again. I'm never going to be friends with them. Uh, never. But I hold no malice toward those guys. I wish them for all the success in their lives. I, I want them to do well. Uh, we're not friends. But I want them to succeed. Still. Yeah. No No matter what, because we were all doing our best. And we were all stupid. 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old boys. And I, Absolutely. And we are, they are the dumbest people on the planet. Who God is out of his mind sending 18-year-olds into the mission field. Like, seriously, we should send 70-year-olds. That should be our mission force because they're so much wiser. I've learned so much in the last 15 years since the mission. Uh, I think I'd be a better missionary today than I was then. I'd, I'd be pissed that they made me shave, but, you know. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, and and that, that's the, the other thing that I 
I've been in young men's on and off since I got home. I, I don't know why we all get stuck in young men's forever. I've, I, eight last 10 years, I've been a young men's leader. Um, and the one thing I stress to all these kids that are thinking about preparing to go on missions is, uh, missionary work sucks. It's hard. It's miserable. It's awful. 90 something percent of the time you get the door slammed in your face. People say the meanest things to you, uh, that, that you wouldn't think that they'd say to any, you'd never think of saying something like that to someone. They say the most horrible things. They slam the door in your face. It's cold. It's hot. It's, I don't care. The weather's awful. It doesn't matter if it's good weather or not. It's still awful because you're in a suit for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> this is the most difficult thing you'll do to this point in your life. You're going to do some more difficult things later. But to this point in your life, it's it's horrible. Um, and then there are those moments. And I don't remember who I was with. I was on splits with some other missionary and we were in Edinburgh and we knocked on this door. I don't know if it was a referral. She invited us in and we taught the best lesson I'd ever sat down and taught and everything just worked. I don't know her name. I don't know the elder, elder's name. Um, and it just went off perfect. And it was one of those, one of those 2% of my mission that worked really, really well. Um, and, and like I said earlier, I, I learned so much in that two years. Um, I don't know where I'd be without the mission because, because I don't know where I'd be, but I know it's saved me many times over. So it's the best thing you can do. It's the most miserable thing you can do. It's the most awful thing you can do. It's the most wonderful thing you can do. It's cold. It's hot. It's unpleasant. It's amazing. Even a crappy mission, and I consider mine kind of crappy, is amazing. Yep. That's a miracle. It, it, I don't know how it works. It shouldn't work, but... It, it does somehow. Yeah. Yep. A couple of missionaries on our podcast have said it's the million dollar experience. You wouldn't pay two pennies to, no, to have. I, I'd never want to do it again. That's my wife. She's like, yeah, when we get old, I want to go on a mission. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Oh, man. And I understand. I, I My parents just did a, did a family history mission. And it's completely different. They never actually left their house. They did it. It was during COVID. I think COVID happened for my father. He got called to the Los Angeles Family History Family Search Center. And they were going to send this rough. Uh, if, you, if, if you've listened to me, uh, just imagine me with an additional 30 years and significantly grumpier. <laughs> Idaho farm boy. Never really left Idaho except to go on his mission. Uh, and I think God said, you know what? This was a mistake. I'm going to throw COVID at these people. So Mark Elias ended up in prison. <laughs> so oh, I, I I think I would eventually like to do some sort of mission, but that whole proselyting thing, I, I'm good. I don't need to do that again. Yeah. 
You checked that box in Scotland. That's I, for sure. I did. And I'm every conference I'm looking forward to because I told my wife when they have a temple dedication in Scotland, we're going. And they have yet to announce me a temple. And I'm kind of disappointed every six months when they throw out 20 cities and Edinburgh is not on it. Like, <laughs> look here, Mr. Nielsen. I need me a temple. Because I am going. The part of conference we all pay attention to with bated ears. And yeah, and I've never heard not, it. Not yet. Kind of, I've, been, I've been disappointed for way too long. And maybe this, maybe next time. <laughs> Jack yep, and maybe Jack, next time. Jack's mom and my mom both served in Peru. And now they've got like 15 temples there. So they must be yeah. pretty happy. And This you is know, getting ridiculous. It took, it took some time. <laughs> like Rexburg has two temples. Can't we put one in Edinburgh? <laughs> sure why not i think we should but Agreed. nobody listens to me that's okay yeah nobody on this podcast is going to vote against you on that one <laughs> no i don't think so i think it'll be cool when it happens i, I just hope it's soon so yeah. yep well preston it's been wonderful visiting with you man uh, well i think i'm going a little shorter than most people do but no, you've been great. Is there any, I mean, you've, you've got a great list of companions that we still need to get after, but is there any other missionaries that you want to call out as they're listening to your episode and tell them to get on here and share their experiences? Um, Were there any sisters in your group of 15? I don't remember. I don't remember, and I'm not a journaler, so I don't have a clue. I was in the same group as uh, Lucas and Stringfellow and and the two Harrisons. And there was a bunch of us, but I don't remember if there's a sister. Okay. I'm looking at the list, and I don't see a sister's name on here. I don't I think, think, I don't think there was. Elders. I think there was a big group of elders. elders. It was a big, big group of elders, but I, I don't remember any sisters. No, it, That's right. it was cool. So, like I say, I really enjoyed my mission. I, I've said a lot of things that kind of come off as maybe a little negative, um, and and it, it was, but it was also the best thing I've, well, the best thing I had ever done. Getting married to an amazing, beautiful woman and having four amazing, beautiful children has definitely by far been a better experience, way more difficult too, Yeah, but better. So, when I reported to the high council, I told them, this better not have been the best two years of my life. <laughs> Man, that's so good. That's great, Preston. We love you, brother. We really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having me on. I wasn't sure what I'd say, so I hope I did all right. You did great. No, you did, you did awesome. Honestly, the, I, I really appreciate where you're coming from with regards to your experience, because not, not everybody had just this sunshine and flowery experience in the mission. And from what we've listened to, you know, I was, I, I just missed the transition into hammer time. Yeah. And, and that had a big impact, not only on the mission and mission as you experienced it, but also on the culture 
beyond that for quite a few years. So, well, and I, I don't know. And they, they uh, apparently they get more baptisms after I went home and, and the mission was much more successful, but in my time, the members were mostly not having it. They were not yeah. as on board as everybody seemed to think they were. And I wanted them to be, I, we tried, but yeah. some words, some words were, and some words weren't. So. Right. And you can't force that issue. You have to, you know, show love and then nope. the opportunities are, are provided to you because you've served the people you've given them your time, your effort, your energy. And then those things are, are returned to you, but ultimately you can't just throw it down their throats and expect them right. to react in the way that you want them to. Yeah. Yep. Which is something I really struggled with because I, I know me and it had, had some, 19 year old punk walked into my house and said some of the things that I heard were said. I'd have punched them and thrown them out on their faces. So <laughs> I've almost yeah, done more than once to a couple of missionaries that have been in my particular area. <laughs> so I had a couple, I had a couple show. Well, they didn't show up. They called, we, we scheduled a dinner appointment with them, called us. They said, Hey, so, uh, well, we can't make it. Can you just bring us dinner? No. That <laughs> I want my kids to see missionaries. Get your butts out here or starve. That's that's my option. When <laughs> I canceled on them, I'd have bought them whatever dinner I they they needed. But I mean, man, I was mad. I, I was mad. So. <laughs> you gotta you gotta treat every person like a person. And and I don't know that we did that. I, I think we were so focused on on the numbers that we didn't bother to to focus on the person. For sure. Yeah. So we've heard we've heard that from many people. So you're yeah, not alone you're not alone, Preston. I can well, I'm members, glad I'm not. We've had members reach out to us as response to this podcast and kind of express some of that too so yeah, yeah. well it's maybe accurate. maybe the, at least if they hear some of the missionaries because i haven't really heard a lot of negative anti-hammer time sentiment on, on the pot because most of the people that i know would have been a negative anti-sentiment toward hammer time i haven't heard the only, the only one would have been uh dan nay come on he was pretty he, he was he was pretty yeah there, there have been has been a couple there have been a couple, but it's been pretty few. Yeah. So, and, and I can I, I could I could name a handful off the top of my head, but I won't call them out. But you'll find well, them as you listen to more. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing is, is I feel like that perspective hasn't been explored as much, and it needs to be. Uh, not not to be negative, just to let the rest of us that struggled with it know that it's okay that they struggled with it. Uh, right. Not. Not to hurt anybody. I'm not going out to hurt anybody. I again, I harbor no ill will toward anybody. But I want the people that that I palled around with in the mission that weren't the zone leaders and the district leaders and the big high positions and APs. I want them to know that their mission wasn't a failure either. Um, yeah. Just because they didn't baptize, go. I didn't baptize, and my mission wasn't a failure. My mission changed my life for the better. For my for the rest of my days, I'll always be able to look back on that, and I'll cuss at them, and I'll know that that it was good for me. So I want those guys to know that it's okay, man. Your mission sucked. That's okay. 
get your butt to church. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a that's, crap. A good, that's a good what call. Your zone I don't give a crap what your zone leader said to you. That shouldn't affect your testimony. Get your butts to church. I don't know who's listening. I don't care who's listening. If you're not going to church because something your zone leader said, that guy's a dick and get your butt to church. <laughs> Well said. Well said. Okay. The is episode, it, the episode, the episode before yours, Preston. We talked to Ben Tomlinson, and he had the same sentiment. So, oh, so see, Ben would have been one of my people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you'll enjoy that one. I, I will enjoy that one because he, I served around him a little bit. I'm glad to hear that he came on, uh, and I wish good, I good could. Guy. If I were better at journaling, I could probably give you a list of people I served around that I, uh, Chris Frainer. Yeah. I, I'd like to hear from him. Um, I'd like to hear from him too. Um, I can't well, just like, anybody. Just like you, people are going to get on here and they're going to say, oh, Preston Kelly, I know him. I'll listen to that one. Yeah, so. that guy was obnoxious. Let's see what he had to say. <laughs> oh man! So, yeah. Well, as, hey guys, people... I appreciate. I, I I've heard this expressed before too, but uh, I I don't care what anybody says. You guys are doing an amazing deal here. Um, it has brought me many hours of joy listening to people I served with, whether I agreed with them or not. Uh, it's been fun. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing it. And, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to parrot Ren Hardy. I, I believe he said something a little inappropriate, but if these guys call you and ask you to be on this podcast, be on the podcast. If you're not, you suck. <laughs> I love you. <clears throat> Oh, we love you too, Preston. Thanks for being our brother in Scotland. And honestly, yeah. this doesn't happen without your participation. So we really appreciate you. Yep. I I appreciate you guys doing it. And I hope you get more people to come on. What whether and I and, and I don't care whether you had a good experience, a bad experience, mediocre experience, whether you decided your church isn't a thing. I, I don't give a crap. I mean, there's a couple of guys that I'd like to hear from that I haven't heard from. Bring it on. If you've had bad experiences, man, maybe we can learn something from you. There you go. There you go. All right, Perfect. Preston. We'll say goodnight right. to you. Cheerio, brother. All right. Have a good evening, gentlemen. All right, Mike.